Hello, thanks for joining. Uh, how to enable seamless DR through Cross vCenter NSX. Uh, my name is Travis McVeigh. I'm a cloud architect uh, for the hosted private cloud product engineering team at SunGuard Availability Services. Love technology, uh, love doing POCs and driving them to production. Uh, when I'm not doing technology things, uh, I have two uh, young ones that keep us very busy, happily busy. Uh, so who here is responsible for some sort of DR at their environment, doing some sort of planning? Uh, few, okay. Uh, is it complicated? Is it lots and lots of paperwork? Yeah. Uh, so uh, my previous job, we, we had something similar, and uh, I'd walk you through it. Your situation will most likely be different, but just to kind of give you the idea and how it really solves some of our, our problems uh, where I'm at now. So, you know, uh, I'm living in Florida, so we, we get a little bit of a warning for some of our DRs, uh, the hurricanes that come through. Uh, and when that happens, we're going to declare and, and really start the whole process. So we're going to ensure the people are people online. We're going to start shutting down the VMs, make sure replication is all happy. Uh, and then we're going to make sure we stop it. And then we're going to start powering them on in the, in the DR site, uh, if you're fortunate enough to, to have a DR site, right? Bring them back up based on boot priority. And then the fun really begins, at least this was our case. Uh, we get to reconfigure all the infrastructure to work in this new data center, right? The IPs, uh, it could be DNS, could be firewall rules, right? Those are always fun. Uh, and the number of changes, all of a sudden you're troubleshooting, uh, as you can see, is a really, really long window. I'm troubleshooting, and based on the RTO that I promised, I am rushing to get everything fixed up online. Uh, you know, what, <laughs> it's a lot. And then you have your fun cleanup, because now I'm actually running production in this recovery data center that I hope you're all keeping up to date and is where it needs to be, right? So is monitoring enabled? Am I having to change all my monitoring because all my IPs changed? Uh, you know, did DNS entries change and they were uh, monitoring GNSs or web pages? Uh, tons of cleanup that sometimes does get left, uh, uh, left off because I'm just worried at my time of test, did the app come up? Yeah, it came up, my replication's good. I can bring this up and online. But at true DR, I'm running production and recovery, and we have to always keep that in mind. When I'm in recovery, production is running there. So now we have this cross vCenter NSX, and how does that really solve any of these problems for us, right? That, that's why we're here. Well, DR's going to arise. That's not going to change. I'm going to still ensure everybody's available online so I can still do my power off replication settings because the app came up, right? That wasn't the problem. The problem was the infrastructure reconfiguring and how much troubleshooting I'm going to have to do. So with Cross vCenter NSX, everything under the edge is the same. IPs are the same, firewalls are the same, and we'll get into more of that as we go on. But I'm still going to have to reconfigure a few things, right? My edge devices, but my scope has just been considerably reduced, which means my troubleshooting window or time, my RTO, is now much better whether it's saving me money because I'm actually up and can receive transactions, or my boss is happy because <laughs> I'm back up online in, in recovery. Uh, and now that my systems didn't change, where the battery's going, my cleanup is a lot smoother. And in our case, being a service provider, we're just clearing the alarms because all the VMs rebooted, and we move on, right? Cleanup is really nothing for us. Uh, so. 
we had a deep dive session with VMware, and we were like, what is this universal NSX? So how many of you are using NSX? Okay, great. How many are using universal NSX? Couple, great. Uh, so for those of you not just using regular NSX, you have these global objects, right? And you're, what's larger than global? Well, VMware came out with universal. So we have this universal object that's not quite universal. Uh, it's limited to eight vCenters uh, with NSXV. And uh, what's great about it is we have this one universal transport zone. And if I create a switch at one uh, vCenter, it's replicated all the way through the other ones, up to eight sites. Uh, now there's a caveat to that. I can't go into NSX Manager 2 or 3 in this example and create that logical switch. I have to do it from the primary. You also notice that the controller cluster is living in the primary site. There are no longer controllers at every site in the, in the NSXV cross vCenter uh, design. But I do have the distributed firewall. I do have a distributed switch. And it's shared, as you can see, with the clusters underneath across all the vCenters. And as I said, created here, it gets replicated as long as it's a universal object. So we have this base architecture. We're trying to understand these concepts. So what are the things that we get? What are the caveats that we saw in it? How can we fix those? And what do we not get? Right? So we understand uh, that we have this primary NSX manager, but what happens if it fails? Right? That, that's an issue that we need to address. Right? The next one is, what happens uh, if a customer is in their global construct? Or maybe you're an app owner enterprise, and you have an app that's on the global construct. How do I move them to this universal Right? that's going to be a migration? So how do we solve that? Uh, can we reduce some complexities of our DR environment right, with the always-on VM? And uh, I'll, I'll have a whole diagram explaining the always-on VM. And then can we truly offer the same SLAs in recovery as we do production? Same uptime, same user experience. And that's a really big, big thing for us. And then the big one, how do we solve the edge problem? Because as I've said, everything below the edge, how do I solve that? Uh, now, those are some of the, the caveats. What do we get? We get universal objects like IP sets. So when I've declared my logical switch and I'm creating a firewall rule based on IPs, it copies over. So now I'm not worried about my firewall rule in DR making sure it's updated because they just added this app with this specific IP, or they added this new subnet that I modified in production but I forgot to in DR. All automated and by NSX, not you have to go write a script that goes and updates it. Right? We get the tags and security groups. And how many are using micro-segmentation with your NSX or trying to kind of get into that space? Right? So now when I fail over, my apps, my east-west traffic is still segmented as long as I'm using those universal constructs. Right? I no longer need to change IPs, uh, DNS, and in our case, service provider, this is a big one, tools. All the tooling that we're using to make sure the VM's up and online, checking CPU and things, uh, it, it stays the same. So this is uh, the design that we kind of came up with. We wanted to have this shared platform for our tools and all the sites so that we knew how, uh, when the VM got recovered, we could still get to it, right? Management. Uh, we then wanted the customer to be able to fail over and them keep the same IP. We then had the, I didn't have and talked about this, but the universal distributed logical router is another universal object, and that needs to forward to the edge. And that is uh, really how you have to try to solve the edge problem, along with keeping them in sync, and there is development work uh, in there. The last piece is 
We solved it this way, you could solve it another way, but utilizing BGP routing on our edges to give us that same feel, look and feel in production and recovery. That failover, everything below the edge uh, really stays the same. So what about always on? I've talked about that a couple of times. So uh, how many have a separate edge or an ASA that you're, you know, just a firewall, A, vendor doesn't matter, uh, so you can VPN into your always on, right? Because it's sitting there and you have some maybe complex replication network so that it can talk and then you, sometimes they go out of sync because they can't always talk to that after directory server. So well, it's on the same logical switch. If it's 10.0.2 and 3 are my 1 and 2, my third one's just 0 through 4. And I get to it just like I do my other VMs. No change. And in the failover, it's still on. So I'm not worried about um, who's the master domain controller in my scenario. Right? Really powerful, powerful stuff. Now, I don't know if you guys looked into the, the notes and things, uh, but I did mention vRealize, right? So uh, we're using vRealize automation as our front portal for, uh, for users. And uh, it has an interesting construct. So does anyone using VRA? Uh, not, not as many. OK, so uh, I'll try to explain some of the constructs to give you uh, an understanding of that. So VRA has these uh, components called reservations. And so what is a reservation? Uh, it's compute, network, storage. Your simple building blocks of virtualization, anything computing, right? Now, with a reservation, the caveat is I can't say all of these clusters are under this reservation. I have to tie it to a cluster. So when my VM is running in production, it's running on that cluster. But if I fail over, it's no longer running on that cluster. And VRA is very specific about where VMs run in reservations because it has limits, constraints. It needs to know that if I'm booting an XVM and I'm using one other product or whatnot, I can actually boot it into that reservation uh, and it's, it's okay. I may have specific um, properties to that reservation so that when the VM comes on, it may have the right DNS, it has the right networking. Options are really endless, depends how you want to do your setup. But in order to give that real production running and recovery, and I can no longer get to my stuff, even though my app's online and my customers are happy, I can't do day two operations. I may need to power off that VM, reboot it, add a network, right? Add a disk, extend the disk. So what we've incorporated is failing over with a VR workflow to migrate all those VMs behind the scenes into this other reservation. When it, when it rechecks the infrastructure, it goes, oh, VM's now running over here. Oh, it's no longer missing. This is where your VM is. And it gives us that seamless feel, production really running in recovery. And to be fair, I don't even need to fail back unless I really want to or need to, right? Same. So how many of you are tired of slides and kind of want to see some stuff actually doing things? Yeah, demo time. OK, so uh, I did it on my other system, so I'll try to play with it. At, at, Scoot forward, so just bear with me for a little bit. So, there, okay, looks like it's playing. Okay, so I have a little agenda for the demo. Uh, it is pre-recording. I wasn't sure that I'd be able to get to the environment. So, um, we're going to do some network functions with the universal constructs. Uh, we're going to show some firewall rules between different tiers of apps. Uh, I'm going to then do a SRM failover. Uh, it doesn't have to be SRM, right? Insert vendor here. Uh, that's just what this implementation is doing. 
Uh, I'm going to verify the workloads then uh, of, of the app is up. And then I'm going to show that I'm recovering in VRA. And this is just a, I'm, it's a public interface, so I'm in ingressing through my edge. And it's load balanced. So if you watch the refresh screen, it'll go, uh, I've tried to show at the top, it's running on that server web two. It'll go to web six. And we'll actually open the, if you can see in the top of the, the tabs, we have uh, two and six uh, of the webs. I'm not actually connecting to a database for this demo. I'm just showing the, the TC ports because it's really not the concern. It's, it's really the networking that we're really concerned with here, right? Making sure the workloads come up and that my communication is still up and online. So here I'm showing the reservations. For those of you not familiar, I went a little quick there. There were 60, if you noticed, in that main reservation tab. And then we had the other ones pre-built uh, for when we do the, the recovery. I'm going to go ahead and filter through and find the DB one. I realized I didn't have it open, so we're going to go ahead and filter, find it, and open the console, right? Giving us what production feels like as an end user into my environment. Uh, then what I'm going to do is, is log in and uh, just verify some different uh, links, pings. We'll do some ingress, egress, uh, curls, just really showing some of that. So uh, do bear with me. I didn't want to show it like I was a hat with magic and things. I really wanted to show some of the functionality really running, and then full DR, and then it running uh, when we move to recovery. So here, I'm just doing. I'm going to be doing uh, prepping some of the things. So let's log into the database server and just show that MySQL is listening on its uh, all, all all IPs, the 0.0.0. .0, .0. Uh, and the IP is important here. We have the 70.244.140. So my database server is sitting there. Uh, that's what the team wanted or, or used. So that's what we're going to do. So first, we're going to just listen and show that you know MySQL is running right there on 3306. So port's open. It's online. So now we'll log into the web, and we'll just do a simple like TCP ping on that port and say, hey, I'm up, up and running. Cool. Now, just to show you that that doesn't just always say it's up, I'm going to go ahead and do it on SSH port 22 and show that it just hangs. This firewall is blocking it. I'm not allowing that traffic, right? I'm going to log back into the database and just show that SSH is indeed running. It's sitting. There's no, uh, here it is, and I, I'm getting prompted to, to, to do the simple login. Now, I'm showing my north-south traffic. So from this server, uh, I can ping in and out. Uh, as well as on this network. So uh, if I could type 8.8.8.8, right? <laughs> we'll uh, ping in and out. So now, can I ping that database server? No. The only thing I'm allowing is MySQL traffic between the two networks, right? Kind of the start process to get to a more segment segmented, uh, segmented note. I'm going to show the distributed firewall rules. Uh, they are universal, as you see in that little icon on the far right. For those of you not, this is the, the newer interface. Uh, of NSX, and I have uh, that 10.72.44.140 uh, open with 3.3.0.6 on the allow, and then I have the two denies back and forth to ensure there's no traffic. So that's, can't go one way, can't go the other way. And because it's universal, it's going to span to the other vCenter. Right? Here's another one on the same network. I'm just showing that I've allowed the traffic. So uh, between web uh, two and six, I can curl. It's on sitting on dot 14. That's the same web page you're seeing over here for two and six. Uh, he can, and I'm just going to show the IP config that it's uh, dot 14. I could also ping that server because uh, again, I'm just allowing all traffic. This is not a micro segmentated network yet, right? 
and KinSSH. So that was cool. So we showed the network functions of egress, east-west, and we showed firewall rules blocking it between the two networks. Let's go ahead and get into uh, a site recovery manager failover. So I'm going to jump over to my recovery plan and initiate a, uh, a full failover uh, of this environment. Now, I've only showed three VMs. We have about 60 in this recovery plan with priority groups just to show that we can do that. I'm not going to spend time on that because that's kind of outside the scope of what we're really trying to show here. I'm going to initiate the recovery, and uh, it's going to go through. Uh, if it was a live demo, we would have had to sit and wait for everything. I'm going to try to fast forward through some of that. So uh, how many have seen the site recovery manager failovers? Several? Yeah. So it's just going to do a, a failover, uh, uh, sync the storage, shut the VMs down. Let's see if I can fast forward here a little bit. These are the servers just about to get shut down. We're going to see them shut down. Storage gets synced. We're going to power on the VMs, and this is where I really want to be. You see VRA's lost connection. Servers are gone, right? In a good way. We recovered them, right? <laughs> but from, uh, from any user perspective, especially if you know, I'm, cust I'm maybe I didn't, wasn't aware, maybe I'm a large organization. This is how my app owners see the VMs. They're not aware that we are doing a failover for whatever reason. Guys on vacation. Uh, this could be all scary stuff. I can't get to my VM. I can't get to my app. You know, we need to we need to start finishing the rest of the recovery. So we're going to wait for the VMs to power on. Unfortunately, my web is priority five, right? Trying to really simulate that you would have the DB come up first, make sure everything's online, and then start powering on the web so that they can start connecting. And we're going to go back to the reservations just because I went over this real fast before. We see the 60 are there, and we're going to fail them all over uh, into the business continuity reservation. So I'm going to go over to our, our workflow, and I'm going to kick it off. Uh, what's important is I'm giving it a, re, uh, a protection group to query the VMs that are in there, right? Because just because I have 60 VMs running in the reservation doesn't mean I need to recover all 60 of them, right? Not all VMs are important. Not all VMs need to be recovered. For business continuity, most will be. But if it's a dev test system, why pay for it? Why the replication, et cetera, right? So, I know in this environment everything's back up online. Let's just pretend the source side was, was back up. I'm going to go ahead and re-protect it. That way I can show that the VM in this vCenter is actually SRM recovered. We recovered to a, a net new different vCenter uh, with different networks. So this is going to re-protect. We're going to have the workflow run. So. So here, uh, the workflow finished what it needed to do. So my app is up and online. As you see, I was load balancing between 2 and 6. Uh, we're reprotecting the VM, so we'll see that the VM is actually offline in the source. And then we're going to uh, you know, go back and, and do some of the network functions just to verify that everything is up and running as promised. Right? Uh, some of the really benefit constructs that all of a sudden kind of come into this situation is I have resources over here, I have resources over here, and they can fail over to each other, right? So now I have this DR infrastructure I'm paying for. I can run workloads in both data centers, right? There's nothing stopping me. And since I have universal constructs, I can actually go both ways. I have the infrastructure. So it's, a, it's another really value add that's uh, kind of outside of the, the DR aspect, but 
something that uh, definitely worth thinking about noodling on. And uh, here, as you can see, we have, ah, missed it. There's 59, right? So one VM is not part of the, the protection plan. We, discovered, we figured that out. We said we're not going to move that VM because then it would be missing. So when production comes up, that VM will still be accessible. But until production comes back online, uh, we're, we're not going to show that. Uh, so that, that's really the, the, the demo, right? We, we've verified network functionality. I'm going to do a couple more network pings and things just kind of in the background while I talk. And we can talk through those if you guys want. But, um, so uh, we'll do ping ingress outgress of uh, the north south walls. We're going to do just the, the same TCP tests on the 3306. I think I actually paused it. So here we're going to we're going through my old commands. Uh, SSH is still disabled on web 2. Uh, DB will re-log in. Uh, show MySQL is an automatic service. It's up in an online. Can't start it. Or, er, running 3306. It's running. So we'll go back to the web, just verify uh, north south while we're on here so we're not switching between screens so much. And then I'm going to um, update the 3306. And it's up. Firewall rules are all enabled. Oh. And I have five minutes, which is perfect, because I wanted to leave some room for questions. Uh, so yeah. B cloud server. Uh, so universal objects are not supported in BCD. I'm sorry, can you, can you speak up? Right. Yeah, universal objects are not supported in uh, VCD. Right. Oh, so, so this was a, a, like a client, like a tenant failover for how we do that. Uh, we would, uh, we'd, you have to move. You have to promote one. There's a whole process and documented process that you have to follow. So you move it to a, a transit. And you promote it to primary, and then you redeploy your controllers. So you need to make sure you have your controller pool at all your sites. Redeploy your controllers there, and then it'll come up online. Uh, we could talk after, and I can get into some more of those details. I'm under, uh, I'm sorry? Yeah, yeah. No, we, we've solved it. I just, I have uh, two minutes. Uh, I have, uh, no, uh, I have, uh, there's certain questions I can answer and certain I can't, and that one I would have to. Yeah, we could talk offline if you want. Yes, sir. Yes. So uh, the question was, could you uh, WAN opt? So in this design, it is not optimized for, for WAN. So you would probably be solving it, and you would be solving layer 2 stretching it in a different way than NSX Cross vCenter really is. And that's a good point. You do need to keep within 150 millisecond latency, right? Because all your network is going through the VXLAN transport, which is being shared. So I, in theory, you probably could WAN optimize uh, your point to point between the two the sites. But that's where you would have to do it would be in the, the VXLAN layer uh, between your hosts at either site. The, the latency, uh, the latency you need to ensure you keep between your sites is under 150. It's a documented NSX item. So, yes, sir. 
Yes. Uh, so the question was, they currently have 400 uh, global constructs. How do we move them to universal? Uh, so is there a script out there? Uh, there could be. I would highly recommend looking into PowerNSX, getting, breaking the barrier a little bit with scripting. I don't know where you are. And that's going to be your best way to solve that problem. Uh, you can reach out to uh, Nick. He uh, wrote it. He, so if you look at PowerNSX, and he would be more than happy, to, I'm sure, to, to, to help you. Or if you're on VMware code, um, you can reach out to me, I'm Trav McVeigh, uh, on their Slack, and I, I could kind of point you into some directions. Just be aware, Universal, uh, you, you can't do VM objects. So you're going to have to think about how you want to do the, the, the convention of the name in, in a different way. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that, that would be the, that's going to be your best way. Do we have a specific way, or do I have like a published? Uh, unfortunately, I don't. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well, if we want to talk offline about some things, I can. Oh, perfect. Right. No, I don't have one for that. No. It's, that was one of the things that we we solved at the beginning. It was a caveat we understood. So when we went greenfield and implemented it, we were we solved it in a different a different way. Thank you.